Hello, my fellow monkeys. You're listening once again to the fabulous podcast of The Armed Ape. I'm your host, Tony. On today's show, we got a lot of stuff to cover, and uh, I don't know that I'll necessarily be doing a review. I'm going to read some that I got. A couple of people sent in some stuff. Uh, I got a couple of MP3s that have been sent over over the last uh, couple of weeks. Now, on some of them, I know some of you guys have sent some stuff in, and you maybe haven't heard it on the show yet, or I haven't read it. And some of that stuff, I'm I'm just waiting and holding them back. So eventually, you will. Hopefully, I've I uh, haven't totally spaced it and didn't send you a reply saying, you know, that I'll do the review, but it'll be in a little while. Um, and if you're listening to the show now and you haven't heard it, if I didn't send you an email, this is kind of your notification of that. Um, now, let's, speaking of doing uh, upcoming reviews and stuff, I think on next week's show, what I'll do is I'm going to do the reloading thing. So I've got some uh, reloading equipment. It's a Lee, just the single stage. And I also have a review from Jens. He sent in a uh, an MP3. So I'll be playing that next week, and I'll go over my review of what I have. So if you have uh, reloading stuff, uh, it doesn't have to be Lee. It can be any, again, any type of uh, reloading equipment, or uh, you have questions about that stuff, go ahead and send that in. Uh, so here's a good place I guess we can talk about uh, contact info. There's a bunch of different ways you can contact me. You can either send me an email, and that's at thearmedape at gmail.com. That's all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Or you can uh, leave me a voicemail, and our voicemail number is 206-339-3266. So again, that voicemail is 206-339-3266. The only limitation on that is that it is a, uh, a five-minute cutoff, so if you're going to do something that's longer than five minutes, um, just kind of watch your time, and if you want to talk longer, just go ahead and call back. I don't care about the length or how many of them you, you leave. Um, also, if you wanted to send an M- do your own recording and do an MP3, um, go ahead and you can send that again to uh, thearmedape at gmail.com, and I've... Uh, I, if, if the file's pretty big, so if it's going to go usually over maybe three or four minutes, um, you can use transferbigfiles.com, and I've explained how that works before, but if you're new to the show, what that is is the service that you can do a recording, and if your email server says no, it's too big to go ahead and send through there, through them, excuse me, you can send it to, you upload it to transferbigfiles.com to their server, and then they'll send me, and then you put in my email address, that uh, thearmedape at gmail.com. And then they'll send me a thing saying, hey, you've got a file here that's waiting. And then I go to their server, download it, and then they once I download it, they just delete it out. Now, if I don't get to it within seven days or something, they'll automatically delete it. You could still resend it, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, but that's if you, that's kind of our contact though, info. Um, like I said, I, it's a big, uh, boost to the spirits and a big kick to get feedback, whether it's emails, MP3s, voicemails. Um, it makes me feel that what I'm doing here, that we're kind of reaching out and we're starting to build a little bit of that community. Um, the show, while I talk, again, it's almost like a blog thing, just where I I talk about whatever I'm going to talk about. But I think in the long run, it's going to shake out to be... If I had to 
to, to classify what it's going to be. It's probably going to be a little bit more of a review show, a review type thing. Now, that doesn't mean that one day I may, and like today, I'm probably I'm going to talk a little bit about going back to some money matters and savings and things like that. But as far as uh, reviews, they can be on movies, they can be on websites, they can be on a knife you have, they can be on a car that you have, a tire that you like, anything that you want, feel free to do a review. Again, if you're listening for the first time when we do a review, what I like to have is uh, when I do my reviews, I have set criteria that I like to go through. And if you guys can stay with that, what it will do is by following these criteria, it really cuts through the marketing bullshit that they that they put out there. You know, when you look at an advertisement, they want you to buy it. So they're always going to say, our stuff is the best. It's, you know, we use the best materials. It holds up the best. Well, if you unless you've had experience with that thing, you have no way of knowing whether that's true. And what they may be saying, maybe the the way they put something together, maybe that's the best way to do it, but maybe the materials that they use are subpar. And so when you actually get out there and start using whatever it is, it falls apart or it doesn't last. Uh, or they may have, they may use really good materials, but their their workmanship and their craftsmanship and how it looks is kind of for crap. And so again, when you really start to use something kind of hard, it falls apart on you. So let's talk about what those criteria are real quick. The the questions that I ask and the questions that I'd like you to to um, to cover when you do your review or send one is in. Excuse me, is. Um, Ask yourself, what is this thing designed to do? That's question number one. Number two, how well does it do that thing? Number three, is there anything bad about it? What's the cons? What are its shortcomings? Number four, are there any changes or modifications that you would like to see the company make? So what do you think would make it better? And then number five, and this would only apply as if you did it, did you try any modifications? Did you do anything to try and make it fit more to what to what uh, you wanted or to how it makes it fit more into how you actually use it. Uh, and if you did do a modification, again, did it work? Did it make it better? Did it make it worse? Did it totally ruin it? Um, you know, should you have just stuck with what you had? That type of thing. And again, if, if we stick with those, especially those first the first two criteria are probably the most important because when that's when we say, well, what is it? what was it designed to do? And then how well does it do it? And if, you, and if those are the questions that you're asking, you'll really be able to cut through everything. Uh, and then you can kind of, uh, you know, the other stuff will all kind of fall into place. So anyway, I think I've jibber-jabbered enough. Um, let's see. Oh, one other thing I should mention is a lot of times the music that I play, and I've been remiss in doing this. Um, there's a, a couple, there's several different sites out there, probably two or three really big ones. That what they do is they uh, get artists who who do music. I guess they're called musicians, huh? No shit. Um, they get musicians that are willing to uh, let people like me. Uh, podcasters and other things use their music for free so we don't pay any royalty costs and the only thing that they ask uh, the site I guess asks is that you mention them and I've been kind of remiss in that so I'm going to start doing that the main site that I use is called um, Mevio 
M-E-V-I-O. If you just Google that, it'll it'll pop up for you. And then what you do is you sign up with them. You let them know what your podcast is. And then when you use a song for there, you, you, uh, you're just supposed to mention them. So that's primarily who I use. The other one is called Podsafe Music. And uh, I, I've used a few off of those and other things and other shows. I think I've done that over in my Firearms Cafe show a little bit more. Now, some of the music over there is is total garbage. It's crap. However, there's there's so many talented people out there, so many talented musicians out there that a lot of it's really good. And so the, most of the music that you've heard on this show comes from there. Well, I guess after all that jibber-jabber about music, this would be a good place to drop in a song. Well, I just woke up from my nap I looked outside and holy crap Inside your house a light came on And in she walked your naked mom With blinds wide open Inside her bedroom When she dropped her robe She showed me everything With blinds wide open With blinds wide open Well I'm no perv No peeping I say my prayers I mow my lawn But now my dreams I really must confess They star your moms At bigger mess With blinds wide open Outside her bathroom When she turned around She showed me everything With blinds wide open I couldn't miss a thing I caught her show It's NC-17 With blinds wide open With blinds wide open I noticed everything My mouth fell open Wide open Call me a but I want more looks at hers So here I wait again With my binoculars And now the light comes on Repeats the view I had I see a naked Bob Look at me, it's your dad 
the bedroom Well, I saw his <coughs> I saw his everything With lines wide open Please purge this from my brain Gouge out my eyes I'll never peek again With blinds wide open With blinds wide open monkeys let's go ahead and jump into some feedback that i got i did get a review from calvin got that actually today he did uh his take on the camelback mule and as you guys know on our last show we did a review of the uh, camelback mule i'm going to go ahead and read his email and then we'll uh we'll take care of some other stuff i also got some um voicemails we'll do our emails first and then we'll go ahead and jump into the voicemails so this is from Calvin. It says, I have an early model of the Camelback Mule, probably the first or second generation of this hydration pack. It's 10 to 12 years old. There's a full-length pocket next to the bladder pocket with a 7-inch uh, mesh pocket outside of this pocket. The lower pocket is 9 inches deep with a zipper that will open the top half of the pocket. Behind this zippered pocket is an open pocket to the bottom of the pack. Inside the 9-inch pocket, there are three mesh pockets for small gear and snacks and a keyring hook. The front of the zippered pocket has another zippered compartment that is divided by mesh from the internal of that pocket. This model has a removable waist belt, which I have taken off. And then Calvin further writes, I use this Camelback pretty much exclusively for mountain and long-distance road biking. I've changed the drinking tube to an insulated directional tube, which allows me to place the bite valve right into my mouth when I nod my head down a couple of inches. I like this very much, especially in a crowd of riders, as once I crashed in a cross-country race trying to replace a bottle in its rack. The only changes I would make to this pack would be to have a bigger reservoir opening, which Camelback started selling a few years back. The old reservoirs are only an inch and three quarters wide versus a three and a quarter on their Omega reservoir, which makes it much easier to load with ice. Camelback now has four to five different styles of the mule in their recreation and military lines, which have more storage and molly attachments. I love Camelback and have given away other brands that I've tried. I have seven different styles for running, hiking, and cycling. Of special note is a unique pack called the Cypher, a cross between a hydration pack and a soft-sided briefcase. It holds 8.5 by 11 paper, so I use it at conferences and have all the cold water I want with room to stow the paperwork. Keep up the interesting podcast. Thanks, Calvin. So, Calvin, thanks a lot for doing your review on the Camelback Mule. That cipher thing actually sounds pretty cool. Um, I went on the website and checked it out, and it's kind of still like it's a, a backpack type thing, so it looks pretty neat to be able to have the papers and all the water in there. And you know, that's kind of another thing it it brings up that what I like about the Camelback, and especially on like the bigger packs and things like that, is you know you are able to have that water with you, 
And I think I had uh, mentioned before, you can switch out the different reservoirs, so the different bladders. He had mentioned in his review about that he had the older style, like the military style, that had the smaller opening on that. And one thing that the ones that I have all have that bigger, or you'd call them like a wide mouth opening. And one thing that's another thing that's nice about that is, yeah, it is easier to throw ice and stuff in there, but it's also easier to get your hand in there. And uh, that way you can kind of move it around and get a towel down in there and help clean it and really help dry it out. Um, I'm a big fan of those bite valves. The ones that I have are a little bit different than the ones that are in the in the stores, I guess, today, or the ones that I've seen in the stores today. And I don't know if that's maybe just because it's their military version of it or their military line, so to speak. But mine have, a, you have a the actual bite valve, but then it actually has a little pop, a little cover that snaps over the top of it so that you can keep the dirt and stuff off of it. Um, but again, Calvin, thanks a lot for writing in. Glad you're liking the show. You know, I, on the last show, I talked about that eventually we're going to upgrade to the, um, upgrade our TVs because they're, they're probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years old by now. And, uh, when we do that upgrade, I'm going to go into the high def stuff. And one of the things I talked about or asked about was if anybody had any experience with the Netflix streaming. Now I've done some and looked at it on the computer, um, but my computer doesn't have like the, the you know like a high definition monitor and it doesn't have the the high def um like a big high definition card or a really super um what's the word I'm looking for um like a super advanced video card uh so when I've watched on there it's the the quality's been okay uh of course it's nowhere near um it's nowhere near what you would see on regular on just the TV with a DVD uh, so I got an email from uh, Benjamin, and he was talking about that he has the streaming. And before I read that, the stuff on my computer, when I watch it, like I said, it's okay. It's no great shakes, but you can watch it at least. So Benjamin wrote in, and you guys may hear the the dog, the neighbor's dog next door. You may not. I don't know. Sometimes this mic will pick it up. Sometimes it won't. I actually kind of paused and stopped for a while, but the stupid fucker just keeps on barking and barking and barking. Uh, so anyway, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and read, um, Benjamin's email. And if you hear the dog, you hear it. If you don't, you don't know well. Uh, so Benjamin writes in, hello, I have Netflix streaming on a few devices in my house. Overall, the quality, good to excellent, but sometimes the interface is clunky and varies by device. I have the service on my Xbox, TiVo, and Roku box. Overall, the Xbox has the nicest interface, but you need to sign up for the Xbox Live service to receive it. And, well, you will need an Xbox, so if you don't have or want one of those, I wouldn't recommend one just for that. I usually have more pixelation from my broadcast television than I ever get from Netflix, and the picture quality far surpassed my previous cable, which I must say was not Comtastic. He says that's my previous provider's slogan. The selection of movies is strange at times, but it sounds like you watch a lot of B-movies, so that would work. The best part is that it's free with your subscription, so give it a try on your computer and see if it's something you might like. There are a variety of odd movies on there. Uh, Enjoy your shows. Keep up the good work, Ben. And again, thanks for writing in. It's always good to hear from somebody that has that stuff. Uh, And it's... uh, 
it is, you know, when, when Ben was talking about the selection of stuff on there, it is um, kind of oddball stuff. Some, some things they have on there, which I would consider mainstream, but they have a lot more movies that are uh, either, would you consider them either B-movies or just kind of oddball movies. The thing of it is, though, is I think that eventually you're going to be able to stream pretty much anything. Uh, it's only just gonna, it's only going to be a matter of time. So I also got another uh, or not another, but I got a voicemail from Dale in Texas, and he talks a little bit about uh, his experience with Netflix. So I'll go ahead with the streaming. I mean, and I'll go ahead and drop that in right now. Hey Tony, this is Dale from Texas. I just wanted to uh, say that I really enjoy both of your podcasts, the Arm Dave uh, and the Firearms Cafe. Uh, on the Arm Dave, I really enjoy the way you do your reviews on there. In episode seven and eight, where you did the review on the Brave One and on the uh, movie Death Wish starring Charles Bronson, I just want to say that it is your fault that I had to rewatch all five uh, movies on the Death Wish, and I'm in the process of rewatching the Brave One, and so I'm blaming you for that one. Uh, in episode ten, you had mentioned about uh, streaming Netflix uh, directly to your TV, and if you've ever uh, done the instant queue uh, to your computer where you watch them online. It works the exact same way. I'm running through a Sony Blu-ray player. I've got a uh, LAN cable hooked directly up to the Sony, hooked up to the TV. I go on my computer, set up the instant queue, and then I have access to them online. And it works way better, in my opinion, than watching it through a uh, laptop or desktop computer on that screen. And now you do have to have high-speed connection. I know Sony has a couple of different um, uh, Blu-ray players that you can do this with. Some of them are wireless. Some of them you have to hook the cable up to. I have the one you hook the cable up to. I know Samsung has one, but I really enjoy it. I go online, set up my queue, pull up that channel on my Blu-ray player. There's all of my uh, movies. The only thing I really don't like about it, and it works, again, the same way online as it does streaming to your TV, is if I want to fast-forward and rewind, it is not like uh, doing a fast-forward on a movie. You watch the little counter and say, okay, I fast-forwarded for two minutes, and then the movie catches up to that spot. Other than that, I really enjoy it. Just thought I would let you know. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, Dale, thanks for that voicemail. Really appreciate that. Um, hey, Dale, thanks for the voicemail and the information on the Netflix stuff. You know, the Blu-ray player I'm thinking about getting is probably Sony, and the reason I'm thinking about going with them, I have some friends that have a, a Samsung, but the reason I was thinking about going with them is they're the ones that sort of invented the technology. I've had Sony products in the past and had pretty good luck with them. Um, you know, a couple, of, uh, uh, a couple of things that I haven't had good luck with was Panasonic's. Um, I had bought a, uh, a DVD actual recorder when they shortly after they first came out and they worked pretty good but uh, the, the very first one I bought actually had a hard drive so it would sort of be like buying your own like um, like a DVR type thing and I guess basically well, that's exactly what it was was a, a digital video recorder but and, and so it had a hard drive on there so I could record programs keep them on there but once that hard drive got to where it was getting full or if for some reason um, you went, well, here's what happened to me is I had, was recording, um, 
I don't know, some show, some movie or something like that. I don't even remember what it was. But I had just set the thing to I just hit record, and I thought, well, when I'll come back in, a, in an hour or two when it's over, and I'll just stop it. And what I did is I forgot. And I thought, well, and that when I went to bed, and then I woke up the next morning, I thought, well, it's no big deal. I'll just, you know, delete out all the stuff that I had recorded on there before. Well, when I had done that, it, for whatever reason, once it got full, the hard drive, basically, it, it, it took a crap for what, and I don't know why it did that. It had never done anything like that before. And I had gone online and I had actually found some other stuff a little bit later that people had similar experiences that if that hard drive got all the way filled up or if you let it go for too long, it was saying that it needed to reformat, but then it never would. It was, it basically had like a catastrophic failure in it. Um, but anyway, maybe that'll be another review for another day. Um, he makes a good point about the um, when you watch it on your computer with that streaming. If you do want to rewind it or go or go forward on there, it's kind of a pain because it has to buffer up and stuff. But I think it would just be a really neat convenience. Uh, on my Netflix subscription, I have the cheapest thing that you can get. So I um, well, actually, I guess I have the second one up. I pay like eight bucks, eight nine dollars a month, something like that. And what they do is it gives me unlimited rentals. Uh, but they only send me one movie at a time. And normally, uh, because now I'm here in Phoenix, and they've got one of the main centers here, so normally within a couple of three days, let's say if I watch a movie on a Monday, and I'll mail it back to them on on Tuesday, I'll usually, I can sometimes I can usually get another one by, uh, usually by Friday, Thursday or Friday. We used to get our mail earlier, and now it comes later in the day, so... I could used to almost always get two movies a week, but now um, I'll sometimes be able to get two a week, depending on when it when they ship it off and when they mail it to me. And um, uh, but usually I can get at least one a week. So with that, I you know it, it's it's it comes out more cost effective for me rather than going to you know Blockbuster or something like that. And you could say Redbox would be cheaper, but a lot of times Redbox doesn't have that big a selection. And the selection you get with Netflix is awesome. So I'd recommend that service if you're, you know, especially if you want to watch a lot of oddball stuff like I do. Um, a lot of things, older movies from the 60s and stuff like that, 40s and 50s and 60s, even stuff, you know, they've got, I mean, just tons of stuff on there. And uh, and if the stuff that you, if, if they don't have it, uh, usually there's other places online that you can go to get them. Um, sometimes you're, you know, you have to pay a little bit for them, but if it's something you really wanted, you can do that and get them. So, uh, also, uh, Dale had mentioned about, he's now going to watch, he's going through and watching the rest of the Death Wish series. Now I haven't done that. I haven't seen those other movies in years and years, and I'm kind of tempted to do the same thing like he's doing and maybe go back and watch them. I'd actually seen, and this is going to date me a little bit, but when me and a buddy of mine from from college went and saw one of the movies, one of the Death Wish movies, actually in the theater. And uh, I think we actually saw it at the Dollar Theater. And at the, that was at the time when the Dollar Theaters were a, were actually a dollar. You go to the Dollar Theaters now and it's like two or three bucks, which is still a heck of a lot cheaper than the regular stuff, but... Anyway, that's uh, kind of our Netflix stuff. Now I got another voicemail, and I, this is from Brad in Arizona. So I'm going to go ahead and drop that in. 
Hi, Tony. This is Brad from Arizona. I'm calling to say that you are not a douche. I appreciate both your podcast. Um, I would like to know a little bit about more, a little bit more about your background. Um, I know you've obviously worked in the court system a little bit from the Firearms Cafe, but uh, if you get a chance to bring that up on a later show, that'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks for uh, calling in, Brad. Appreciate that. Glad you don't think I'm too big of a douche. So, um, as far as my background, you know, I uh, I worked in the uh, juvenile court for a number of years, about 15 plus years. And uh, when my time there was uh, was done, and I left there, uh, I'm pretty much now just a regular old guy. Uh, I I don't have any what you would call military or law enforcement background. I mean, I, in theory, you could say that the being a probation officer, I did have some uh, some background with law enforcement. What what that experience gave me when I worked there is it was a real eye-opener on what type of people are actually out there in the world. Uh, a lot, there's, there's a lot of people out there who, who would do things that are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the brutality and the monstrousness, if that's a word, of people's actions and what they'll do and what they'll justify um, it was a real eye opener. Uh, prior to that, I had worked uh, several odd jobs and one of the jobs, and maybe I'll talk about this a little bit later, maybe on another show, but one of the jobs that I worked was airport security. And, uh, I was one of the guys that would say, you know, put your keys in the thing and, you know, walk through the deal. And so maybe on the next couple of, maybe on the next couple of shows or something like that, I'll talk about some of those experiences because those were actually kind of interesting. Uh, but in, in both of those things, I and I'd worked retail and some other stuff, but, you know, in a lot of those jobs that I had, you, you uh, they were jobs where you're dealing with the public, but it, especially with the, with the probation officer job, and I did juvenile probation, uh, which meant that I dealt with everybody from, uh, the youngest we would get would be eight, the youngest I probably ever had was, I think, of maybe a, a 11 or 12 something like that up till the age of right before they turn 18 and that's how it worked in Arizona so uh, but that stuff was a real eye-opener but other than that pretty much I'm just a regular guy just like most of you guys out there that are listening just want to go through life uh, spend time with my family and friends and so I don't know if that uh, answered answered your questions a little bit maybe it did maybe it didn't like I said I'll, I'll talk maybe about some of the older jobs I had uh, on, on a on an upcoming show and you know that's one thing too if you guys have had some kind of shit jobs and things that you hated or maybe you got one now but uh, it's kind of nice sometimes to talk about old crummy jobs that you had in the past because you don't you don't have to go to work and do them every day uh, so anyway let's go ahead and i also got another voicemail and this is from uh, a friend of mine jerome who's in california and jerome is on a uh, podcast called gun rights news and he has a, he's on the West Coast edition, and he does a segment at the end. Hey, Tony, this is Jerome from California. I really enjoy the Armed Ape podcast as well, of course, as the Firearms Cafe podcast, but uh, in particular the uh, Armed Ape podcast because it's a more freewheeling or more open topic podcast. In any case, uh, I know that you're a big B-movie fan or a horror genre fan, I, on the other hand, is a big zombie fan. I love the zombie genre. 
being a firearms owner, you know, somebody who's uh, taking responsibility for our own safety and our family's safety, I guess what attracts me and a lot of other uh, firearms owners to the uh, zombie genre is the uh, the uh, survivalism aspect, you know, being able to uh, survive a uh, situation. Also, aside from listening to uh, gun podcasts like uh, the Firearms Cafe, Handgun Podcast, and the other uh, great podcast on uh, Gun Rights Radio Network, I also listen to audio pod books. Uh, sometimes you just get tired of listening to either music or to a talk podcast, and I have decided to uh, look around for some audio podcasts, uh, of course, featuring zombies. There are several that uh, I'm still currently listening to. However, there's one that I've just finished, and I'd like to, to, to tell you about it. The uh, name of the patio book is The uh, Fried Green Zombies by John Allen. John Allen does all the voices and the uh, narration for his patio book. And uh, this particular story is a, a humorous zombie story. And it, it's, in fact, the zombie is kind of on, on the side. Uh, it's not really the main feature of the, uh, of the story itself. Anyway... Chet and Harry are two recently unemployed construction workers on their way to a weekend of beer, southern comfort, and frog gigging at their musty, rusted 1970s RV parked at their favorite hunting camp when they stumbled on Bob, the mysterious, busty, burqua-clad, non-English-speaking beauty just standing in the middle of nowhere on the side of the nine-mile cutoff in rural Bovina, Mississippi. Then all hell breaks loose. Their favorite pond is missing. They're being chased by truck-driving zombies, dirty cops, UFOs, and other ne'er-do-wells. Follow Chet and Harry as they battle their way across the rural countryside and ultimately save the world. John Allen decided to give his patio book an R rating, um, mostly because of the language, and uh, there are some textual nudities as he describes it. There are 14 chapters altogether, and each chapter is about 20 to 40 minutes long. Here's a short excerpt from Fried Green Zombies. Chet and Harry had just been forcibly removed from their job at Alco Construction. They were pissed, too. Accidents happen. That's why places like that had insurance. And they weren't drinking on the job, for the most part. Well, they weren't drunk, for the most part. And the resulting accident from their little tipsy revelry wasn't that bad. What the hell? Who's she? What's she wearing? Harry saw the six-foot-tall woman in a black burka, holding a beer in one hand and a dead snake in the other. Chet asked again, Do we know her? Who is she? Then, in another thought, Why is there stuff on fire still falling out of the sky? Harry said nothing, himself wondering why a woman would be out by herself traipsing through the woods in black bedsheets. Clay had hit a dozen or so zombies. The RV struggled miserably to keep its momentum as the bodies piled up in a haphazard impromptu zombie barricade in front of it. Crap, Chet sighed loudly. Get the guns, he turned to Clay. You got an ass kicking coming for this one. Clay heard the clicking and latching of clips being loaded into guns, shells into others. Hand me one, he said. Might as well, can't really miss from this range. And then, hell breaks loose. All of it. Anyway, I'd just like to uh, tell you about this book, and hopefully some of the other listeners will look at it, too. I truly enjoyed listening to the Apodio book. Thank you very much, and keep up the great work. All right, well, thanks, Jerome, for that. And uh, I'll put a link on the show notes to the website that Jerome talked about. I've gone and checked it out, and I think I'm going to start listening to it, too. Uh, it's kind of a cool little thing. Now, 
real quick, there's a um, another a podcast that I've been listening to recently, and it deals with the zombie stuff. But again, it's the the zombie aspect of it is a little bit more in the background, and it's it's what this guy is kind of dealing with. Uh, and it's called Among the Dead. You can go over and find that over at iTunes. And uh, I may do a link to that too on at the website if you'll go and look at the uh, go over to armdate thearmdate.com and under the posting with this show, you'll find the link that I'll do to that. So let's take a second here to kind of turn the dial back on the Wayback Machine, and we'll go back to the first couple of episodes. And one of the things that I talked about was getting out of debt. We also talked a little about about credit cards and how that some people. And let's let's go ahead and talk about the credit cards right now. You know, some people out there feel that credit cards are the the they're the absolute worst thing that's ever happened to us as a society, that they're kind of the great Satan, they're totally useless. I don't tend to think that they're that bad. You just have to understand what you're getting into once you sign that contract and once you get that card. Uh, I don't think you should ever probably go with anything that's been pre-approved. You should probably go with a credit card that comes either from your bank or from your uh, credit union. Uh, and that way, if you do get into a bind, you may have a little bit of more of a, a chance to negotiate some things with them that way. Now, having said all that, again, we have to be responsible for our own finances and our own decisions that we make about those. And one thing that that I wanted to talk about today is it seems that we've gotten away from what they term or is termed delayed gratification, meaning we want everything now. We're so used to getting everything pretty much right now. Uh, if I want to go out and buy a, uh, a big screen TV or a flat screen TV, I guess they're called now, I can go out and I could charge that on my credit card even if I don't have the money for it. Well, the smart thing to do would be to save up for three, four months, make sure that I have that money, and then go buy it. Either pay cash or uh, write a check for it at the store, or if I do use my credit card, I'll use that credit card and I'll have that money set aside so that when the bill comes the next month, I can go ahead and pay that. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble, is they go beyond what they have. And and by that, I mean, if you look at the difference between a credit card and a debit card, your debit card, of course, is tied to your bank account. So it's tied to your checking and tied to the money that you have in your savings. And you can set them up to where that, let's say we'll just use simple numbers to keep it easy. If you had $100 in checking and $100 in savings, and if you bought something that was $125, you can have it set up through your bank that they will transfer money from your savings account into your checking to cover it. Uh, now, again, I don't think credit cards are the worst thing that you can get involved with. I think the misuse of them is the wor- one of the worst things that you can do to yourself. But again, you have to take responsibility for your own actions. Nobody held a gun to your head and made you go down and charge up thousands and thousands of dollars on these credit cards. Also, a lot of people will have multiple cards. I think at the most, you should probably have two. Uh, What happens is a lot of times people, they'll have maybe less one, and again, we'll use uh, simple numbers. Let's say they've got a $10,000 credit card limit. 
on each one of their cards, but they have four cards. Well, you charge them up all to the max, and all of a sudden you're at $40,000 in debt. And what can happen is, is that you're, you're doing the minimum payment on those, but once you do the minimum payment on those, you're just keeping yourself above water. Or you may make a little gain here and there, but then an emergency happens, or then uh, you're, you're, it's time to buy new tires on your vehicle, or you have a uh, the alternator or something goes out, and you've got to pay for that. Well, if you're just keeping afloat, and you've actually started to make some progress, let's say on those credit cards, and you've knocked a little bit of one down, well, all of a sudden, now that that alternator needs to be replaced, or you need to buy that new set of tires... You don't have the cash to go do that. So what do you do? Well, you charge it back up because you've paid them down just enough to where that will be able to, to do that. And that's the cycle that a lot of people get into. And that's something that if you that you really need to work hard at avoiding. And some may have a question. They may say, well, what do I do if I'm kind of already in that situation? How do I start? And what you have to do is you have to you have to look at your debt not as a great big giant thing but try and look at it as individual things especially with credit card if you've got two or three look at the one that has the least amount on it and start working on getting that paid off and what that may mean is that may mean that you need to go without cable tv for a while you may need to eat everything at home for two or three months until you can at least get one of those credit cards knocked down once you do that, then you got to start working on the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. And you do that with all your debt. And each time you get rid of, let's say, each time you get rid of one little uh, column of debt, you take that money that you were paying, and you transfer it over into that next column. And you try and get that down. And pretty soon what happens is you get to where you can pay larger and larger amounts on those debts. And eventually you'll get to the point where you won't have any credit card debt. At that point, once you've done that, then you move on to things like uh, car payments. And you can also move into things like uh, for on your mortgage. If you look at the amortization tables, and you can find a bunch of those online, and they tell you kind of, at your interest rate, at this amount of time, this is what you're paying, and this is when you're gonna, kind uh, of, you're gonna kind of flip from paying more in interest to a point to where you're gonna pay about the same, and then you're gonna get to where you're paying more on the principal. Well, in most states, you can you can do an extra payment towards just the principal, but if you do do an extra payment or put an, an, a, a higher amount. Make sure, and most of your, your mortgage slips will have a place where you can check this goes to principal only, anything extra. And you do that. By doing a couple of extra payments, full payments a year, if you can swing it, you can knock 5, 10, sometimes 15 years off of your mortgage because you're knocking down, you're knocking down that, that main principal faster. Also, by knocking down that main principal faster, you are... Uh, knocking down the amount of interest that they're charging you. And it may not be a lot at first, but the, the longer you do it, the more uh, the more that principal you get knocked down, the less you're going to pay in interest. And the thing with the house is you can really only do that if you've got your... You, you really need to be, have no other debt. You need to have no credit card debt. You need to have your cars paid off of... We're always going to have some bills that we're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay for power. You're going to have to pay for food, gasoline 
routine maintenance things for your home. Uh, you're also going to have to have a little bit of money squared away for emergencies so that if you are on a good budget, you're, you're not going to be totally knocked off of it for two or three months because, again, let's say something with the car comes up. And that's why it's real important, too, to get a, a look at, try and get a yearly budget if you can. And look at how much you spend per year on your power, how much you spend a year on gasoline, how much do you spend a year on food. And by food, I mean, in this case, how much are you spending going out to eat? And if you say, well, I have no idea on any of that stuff. Well, now's the time to start looking at that. And uh, then you can start pulling back on some of those things where you can. And again, it may require some sacrifices on your on your part if you like to go out every Friday night and uh, go out drinking or you like to just go out to eat and you're spending thirty forty dollars uh each time that you go out you know that's going to add up let's say if it's if you spend uh, let's just say it's it's forty dollars a month or well let's just make it 50 let's say if you spend about fifty dollars a month on going out to eat over the course of the year that's going to be six hundred dollars so the question you need to ask yourself is, well, by me not going out to eat or us not going out to eat every week, you know, can we use that $600 that we would save somewhere else? Can I use that $600 to pay down a credit card bill? Or can I use that $600 and by putting $50 a month in a savings account at the end of the year, was well, is that going to give me a nice buffer? So there's all sorts of things that you can do. And a lot of them, Really, they're very little things. They're very, um, at, at the time, they're going to seem like they're insignificant things, but they're things that can make a difference for you. There used to be a philosophy that some debt was good. And this came from things where you could deduct the interest on a car payment. You could deduct the interest on your house payment. Well, a lot of those things have changed, and you can't do that. But one of the things that my dad told me when I was, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, and then he kind of beat it into my head, all through when I was growing up and once I sort of had a, a concept and understanding of of money and debt, he said there was no such thing as good debt. You don't want to make that banker rich. You don't, you know, you want to pay off all your debt as quickly as possible. And again, once you get some of these smaller things paid off, you're going to have a lot more breathing room. And this goes along with stuff, uh, things of, having some foods you know squared away and not like a week worth of food but maybe three four months and some people have asked me in the past they said well how much how much do you think is enough what do you think is the minimum that you should have not only for food but for money and i would say if you probably had a good 90 day supply if you had about um three months worth of paying your bills and what you want to look at and this is why it's important to have that yearly budget if you look at a place like in Arizona, our utilities are much, much higher during the summer months. If you look at a place, uh, someplace up in Michigan, your utilities are probably going to be much, much higher during the winter months. So what you need to do with that yearly budget is take your three highest months of expenses, and that's the amount of money that you want to have squared away. And that way, if you got laid off... Uh, if there were some emergencies, if something bad happened to where you didn't have money coming in or you had to have a lot more money going out to take care of your family just to, to either to get the car fixed, to, uh, you know, there's there's been some catastrophic damage to the home that needs to be paid, 
that's what you that's what you have kind of that buffer for uh, it's not that there's going to be uh, at the end of the world or anything like that but it's it's a little thing that you're much better much excuse me much better able to withstand if you have a little bit of money squirreled away in the bank and the way that you do that really the only way that you can can really start to save and to build up that nest egg you've got to get out of debt remember there is no such thing as good debt debt all debt is all bad it's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads so listen up, motherfuckers. All right, now's the time in the show when I like to talk about some different podcasts and different things that I like and think would be a good recommendation for you guys. Earlier we'd heard from Jerome and he talked about uh, his recommendation for that zombie uh, audiobook type thing. There is another podcast that I've been listening to and the guy kind of does it on and off. But it's called Among the Dead. And the concept behind it is is you sort of join this guy. And it's been about 50 some odd days. And he finds a, 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 it's either like an MP3 or a recording type of device. And what that does is it allows him to, because he's by himself, it allows him to sort of talk to that thing as if he's talking to another person. And it, it's a really interesting concept. It's really neat. I uh, Again, I, it's called um, Among the Dead. You can type that in on iTunes, or you can just even Google it, and it'll pop up. Uh, but it's a... Uh, the guy's not a professional actor or anything like that. And there, I had read some of uh, on the reviews or some of the criticisms of him, and they said, oh, it's not that great. If you get into the spirit of it, it's really neat. Yeah, there are some flaws with it. There's flaws with everything that's out there, so... But I, I just thought it was a really neat concept, and I'll put a link to that over at uh, the Armed Ape uh, podcast for for show number 11. Um, some other good shows that I've been listening to, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up my iTunes account here, and we'll take a look-see on the old podcast. Uh, one that I always like to talk about and one that uh, is is still one of my favorites is called B-Movie Cast. And uh, that's, again, with Vince Rotolo and Nick Brown. And it's just a, it's a really neat podcast if you like that. Um, they're, he's got, they've both got real laid-back style. Um, what's another one here that I don't think I've talked about much lately? If you like a lot of horror movies, and I've mentioned him before on previous... Um, previous shows is a, it's called Destroy the Brain and the host is a guy named Andy Triefenbach and lately he hasn't put out too many he's he's kind of getting back into doing it uh, but I, I've always liked his stuff uh, he's got I think about 73 episodes so if you haven't heard of him you can go back and start you know at show number one and start listening through he does lots of reviews of horror and he also does some things that you would call maybe exploitation type cinema uh, but the guy i uh i like his broadcasting style and he tries different things and one of the th a couple of things that he's tried before is he was doing a thing where you could go on to a um oh it was one of these sites where you can go on and you can kind of do like a chat room type thing and what he did is he set up his show, and he was doing a kind of a commentary, 
and the listeners and the people would sign up through the chat room could type in stuff and he'd read them out in the comments and they did like kind of a commentary for a movie and so he did stuff like that he did kind of a live show uh, not too long ago and he's going to be putting that out pretty soon but uh, again uh, and his show is uh, it's explicit it's, it's like this one he's you know there's cursing and and uh, adult content in it so it's not something that you're going to be playing for a 10 year old uh, but again, it's just, uh, I think it's a fun show. Um, I had mentioned earlier to the show that Jerome was on and he's on gun rights, uh, gun rights news and he's in the West coast edition. So give Jerome a listen. Uh, what else do I listen to? Um, oh, along the zombie kind of vein. And I think I've mentioned this before is library of the living dead, uh, which is, uh, they have a, a bunch of the different stories and, the guy that does that podcast, he'll have several different stories kind of going at once. So he'll, and they have songs and all sorts of things on there. So it's really pretty neat. Um, let's see what else. That's about it. Um, of course I listen to, and I do, and I also do segments of, but for, uh, there's a, Alex Haddix has a show called practical defense, which deals with, um, basically it's a, a common sense take on self-protection, self-awareness, things like that. So if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and give him a listen. Like I said, I'm on, I'm, and I'm not just saying it just because I'm on there occasionally. Uh, but he's, uh, I've been listening to his show since, since it started. Um, probably one of the best, shows that i thought he did was and i've talked i think i've talked about it before i think it was episode maybe number four where he did it's called interview with dr x and uh, you get like a real good insight into sort of the criminal mindset uh, the person that he interviewed was a, a former prison psychologist so you, you it's a real interesting type thing um let's see i think that's maybe gonna be about it for today um Oh, if you, I'll do one more. If you like, um, there's a there's a guy named Mike Bennett, and that's B E N N E T T, and he does. Um, if you just type him in on uh, on iTunes, you'll be able to find him. He's got several books. He's got series of things where he's got a bunch of stuff where they're short stories. He's also got some a uh, couple of novels that he's written that he's put out. Uh, and he's an English gentleman, uh, but I, I liked his stuff, um, just a different take on things. Uh, I think that's about all the pimping I'm going to do today for some of the podcasts and things like that and websites. Oh, one other thing. Let me throw this in. If any of you guys out there have a YouTube channel, so you've got some videos that you've done and thrown up there, um, go ahead and send me that. And if you want, I can mention that on the show. Um, if you, and that's another way too, that you could do a review is you could say, Hey, I did a review of my, um, I don't know, iPod touch or whatever, or my iPhone. And here's the, here's the stuff that I went over and here's the, the link to it. And then I'll, I'll go ahead and mention that on the show. Um, what I'm going to try and do in the future is, uh, if I can find the time is the reviews that I do here on the show, I'm also going to try and do a review of it over on YouTube. And um, I think my latest video, I did a thing where I had watched uh, on um, uh, 
think it was Best Defense or maybe it was uh, uh, SWAT Magazine TV with, with Rob Pincus, and he was talking about a drill that you could do with a partner where the partner tells you when you're when you're doing shooting, you have a target, and on the target you have two or three different circles, and then the partner your partner yells out, you know, right, two, or something like that, and then you shoot two times at the right circle, or they'll say center or left, or you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got to think, I said, well, what if you wanted to go out and do that by yourself? And the video that I shot on there is, um, what I did is I, on, I made an MP3 recording, Actually, I just did it. I think I just did it uh, with on the actual iPod. I have a Touch, iTouch, and I just I just gave a bunch of series of commands. I did three different separate files, and then I what I did was when I went to go shoot, I've got the uh, I plugged in the iPod, and I've got the kind that um, the uh, impacts the Sport Impact that you can plug your actual iPod into, and so you can hear it and my shooting muffs and I was able to hit shuffle and what that did is it shuffled those three strings up and so I didn't know what the commands were coming and so it was like I had somebody else giving me a command you know shoot right shoot left shoot center and so it was kind of a neat thing um, but if, if you want I think the name of that video is I think I called it how to do a two-person drill by yourself so you can go over on YouTube and check that out um, and my YouTube channel name is 525donuts, 525-D-O-N-U-T-S. And if you just type that in at YouTube, mine will pop up. So uh, if you like it, go ahead and leave a comment or subscribe. Like I said, if you do have your own YouTube channel, uh, let me know, and then we can go ahead and do that. Uh, I can mention that on the next show. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Hope you guys got something good out of the show. Again, thanks so much. You guys don't know how much it uh, it really picks me up to get the feedback and the voicemails and stuff from you guys. So if you want to do a review, you want to send something in, and you're going to do it through email, that's at uh, thearmedape at gmail.com. Or if you want to make it real super easy on yourself, call and leave a voicemail. That number is area code 206-339-3266. All right, later, monkeys. This guy's got a monkey scrotum, and he's bragging about it. Houdini!